You're listening to the Ignite Sessions podcast, hosted by Virginia Tech Chi Alpha. Our hope for this podcast is to encourage listeners to pursue God's kingdom and His righteousness. We hope you're blessed by today's episode. And, uh, and so, so grateful for these two. They've been serving, Glenn and Karen have been serving on the foreign mission field for 34 years. Um, they've raised a child on the foreign mission field who loves Jesus and now is serving on the foreign mission field. Let me just tell you something as, as a parent. When, when, when you watch people in ministry able to raise children on the mission field and they are doing the same thing, how many people know they, they're, they're doing something right? They're doing something right. And so these guys are, are just heroes of ours. We love them dearly in Glenn has come through over the years and spoken to our community. Glenn and Karen also have shared a powerful message at a leaders meeting one time that our students still talk about those that were there. And uh, they have left a mark at Virginia Tech. And they have desired to partner with us and, and continue to recruit our people. And I just feel honored that they would desire people from Virginia Tech to work with them on foreign soil. And so we're so blessed to have these guys here and come and pour into us over the course of this weekend. And I'm just telling you, uh, you want to get your notebooks ready, okay? Pull out the pen, make sure it works, that you don't need to run somewhere else because uh, Glenn has always brought just a, a deep, profound word to our community over the years. And so can we give it up for Glenn and Karen as they come? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you, guys. Love you. <laughs> it's great being here. This is the second retreat we've done here with, uh, with you guys, so we're always grateful to be here. Um, I have this thing that I do from time to time. I have this thing that, we like, that I like to, to um, that I call a deep dive. Does anybody know what a deep dive is in the spiritual sense? You can kind of imagine, I'm sure. It's not an everyday thing. It's not even a weekly thing or a monthly thing, maybe. It's something that um, I call when I want to take myself out of what is normal for me, out of my normal life, and spend that time with the Lord. So sometimes that I'm fasting, sometimes I'm not fasting. Whatever that it looks like, I'm pulling myself away from the normal things that I do in any given day, and I'm pulling myself away and allowing space and saying, God, I want to hear from you. It doesn't even have to be about a specific thing, even though it can be. And that's what I call a deep dive. And so today, some of you in this room, um, I know, some of you, I have hosted you in my home overseas, and not just in one country, but in a couple countries. And um, some of you, I don't know, most of you, I don't know, but I would like to know. And some of you have come here with a real intimate relationship with the Lord. You have been serving Him, and you love Him, and you desire everything about Him. Some of you in here, you know the Lord, but intimacy, maybe not so much. Um, maybe it's kind of been hard for you for whatever reasons. Maybe even some, in you, some of you in here are standing against the, the, the things of God. That could be as well. And all of that is okay. Any of that is okay. 
what I'm asking for you to do, whatever, wherever you're at in your walk with the Lord or not with your walk with the Lord, whatever that looks like, I just want to ask you guys, we have like a day and a half together. That's not very much time. But God doesn't need like a certain length of time or a certain space of time. He works like that. And so in a day and a half, could I ask you guys to go with me? Let's do a deep dive tonight and tomorrow and Sunday morning. Let's just choose to do that. It's a choice. It's not like waiting for a feeling or waiting for God to speak to us. No, he's already spoken to us that he desires us and he wants an intimate relationship with us. So could we just decide tonight to whatever level that might look like for each one of us in here, we're going to take this weekend and we're going to make it a deep dive. We have set ourselves apart to hear from God. Now, maybe some of you in here have set yourselves apart to have some fun. That's okay, because God's in that too. And it doesn't matter what the reason is that you came. Let's just all choose now that we're going to do a deep dive for these last uh, for the day and a half that we have here. I've been reading through the Gospels the last couple of days, and I've been reading through that, and I'm, you know, the only one, the only person in, in the Gospels that gets it right is Jesus. And the rest of them are all messed up. They are all messed up. Some of them were doing their jobs, all of the disciples, doing their jobs and then got called out of that. And they didn't know what the heck they were doing with Jesus. They just, some of them didn't even know really who he was. They were just like, you know, I don't know. He says he's got something for me and he's called me out. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to just walk out there and see what it has, what he has. And some were called and said, hey, come and meet the man. And they came because they heard, hey, this could be the Messiah. But every last person in the Gospels was messed up somehow. They, they weren't getting it right. And even when they started walking with Jesus, guess what? They were still messed up. They still made mistakes. They were still doing things. They were falling back to their old ways and things like that. So as we've, we've been here, for, we're here for a month, and we're going to be on 12 different campuses. This is number seven for us now. And here's what I've, what I've seen as I traveled around and as I've, inter, as I've um, interacted with Chi Alpha over the many years. There are some of, it, of you in here that have had horrible stories. They're sad stories. Some of those things in your stories you've chosen and some of those things were chosen for you. Some of you in here have grown up in a Christian home. You've turned your back on that because being Christian's not cool, or I don't know what that's all about, and so, you know, I'm not going to turn my back on that, and you've turned away from that, and you did some things, and now you're here. Some of you in here are cutting. Some of you in here are possibly contemplating suicide. Some of you in here maybe have some major issues going on in your mind that are affecting everything, and I just want to say to those in, that, in this room today that are struggling in whatever way, the Gospels are proof that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your story is. It doesn't matter what you're involved in or what you're doing right now. Jesus can come in to anything and everything. 
And this weekend, that's exactly what he wants to do. He doesn't want you to remain in where you're at, no matter where that is. He's never there for us to remain. He's there to pull us further into him and into his likeness and into his kingdom. So let's do the deep dive this weekend. Let's choose that we're going to go there. Sometimes going into a deep dive, it's a little painful. It's a little hard, but it's worth it every time. So Glenn's going to come, and throughout the weekend, he's going to talk about some old guys, mostly from the Bible, some about him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's going to bring some... <laughs> He's going to bring up some, some, some examples, and, and let's, just, let's just go there with him. Let's just do that. Let's just choose to hear what God is going to say through him and through his word and do a deep dive this weekend. I want to do that with you, and I want you to do that with me. How about now? Okay, here we go. I want you to look around this room right now. And every face you see has a story. You know this. Now these stories have highs and lows. There are things that they want you to know about them. There are things that they desperately hope you never discover about them. You know that because that's you. There are things that they celebrate in their lives. There are things that they wish never happened in their lives. These are the stories that we brought into the room tonight. And it is possible to spend an entire weekend in this beautiful location with that story and walk back to our campus with the same story and nothing has changed. Or it's also possible to hand your story over to God and see what He can do with it. The power of this weekend, God has entrusted to you and me. We can simply enjoy the activities. We can enjoy being with each other. We can enjoy being away from the campus, not having to do the projects. Or we can say, we love you. And we'll never stop. We can't get enough of you, Jesus. And the choice is ours tonight. And it'll be ours tomorrow morning, and tomorrow night, and Sunday morning, and Sunday night when we're back at our campuses, and Monday when we're in our classrooms. Tonight I want to take you on a journey. We will continue it tomorrow. It's a journey through the Old Testament with four people whom God used to powerfully change human history. When we read the Bible, it's easy to immediately relate to the people in the Bible. But the Bible wasn't written so that we would relate to the people first. It was written so that we would relate to God, who is on every page of the Bible. The main actor, the star of the Bible, is God. Not Abraham, not Moses, not David, not Paul not John the Baptist, God. And this God whom we've served for thousands of years has had a rescue plan for planet Earth. If you look at the world in which we live and you say, it is so broken, I want you to know God didn't create that. 
When he created it, he looked at it, he said it was perfect. But when it was broken by sin, he said, I've got a rescue plan. Now, it is possible that we can all come here full of the very normal things that college students go through. I've got to figure out a career. I've got to figure out a life path. Or we can come in here and realize the God who has operated the universe for thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of years, actually can operate your life and mine for the next five years. That really he has that much power, that much control. And when you really bump into him in the pages of Scripture, you realize he not only has that power, he is determined to exercise that power. And it's a choice we have tonight. The first country we lived in in Africa had a a terrifying civil war. We were there during much of that civil war. It was a time when there was genocide committed on atrocious scales. There were entire villages that every person in it was killed. During that time, I went through a lot of inner angst about the evil in the world and the frustration that I carried when I saw this this, uh, injustice and all of these things going on. And, And some years later, after the war was over, and the country was still healing from that horrific event, they asked me to go back in with my pastor and visit the country. And so they took us to a refugee camp. I'd been in many of those over the years. And when we were there preparing to start to preach, and a lady stood up and said, I have something I want to say. And she began to lay out a story. I had heard this story spoken by many others, different names, different villages, same results. But this time it was different. She said, I am from a village, and she named the village. She said, and every person in my village except for me was slaughtered by rebel soldiers. And then she had a young man standing beside her, and she said, and this was one of the rebel soldiers who killed my family. I have to be honest with you, at that moment I thought, where is this going? You know what I'm saying? And she continued to talk and she said, I was so angry, you can imagine. So bitter about it. Why could this happen? And who could do such a thing? And then I bumped into Jesus in a refugee camp. And then I bumped into him. And then I realized I had a choice. And for all Jesus has done for me, I turned to him and I forgave him. And I watched that young man who had killed many people under the influence of drugs and other things that they did to get these boys to commit these atrocities. And tears began to go down his cheek. And I realized then, there's power in a single yes to God. The UN can work for year after year like they did in that country. We thank them for their efforts. But there's one moment, one yes, that can change everything. 
There is a yes in the room tonight that can unlock the destiny of a country somewhere on the globe. There's a yes in the room tonight that can ignite a spiritual revival in a dormitory on a campus. There's a yes in the room tonight that can cause a broken family to become a healed family in Jesus' name. There is that kind of power in the room tonight. But it's not a power that you and I possess. The only thing we possess is the option to say yes or no. The power in the room tonight is the power that keeps the world spinning on its axle. It's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And the Bible says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. And Tonight, let's just go straight to the heart of the matter. You and I are here because God is a relentless God. He has chased us through our rebellion, our brokenness, our frustration, our confusion. You know what you've done. He knows what you've done. He's never been surprised when he opened the package of your life. He didn't say, oh, this wasn't what I was in this thing for. He knew it before he bought you. He knew it before he redeemed you. He knew it when he was wooing you to himself. He has never been shocked by a detail of our lives. He is the God who says, I love you because of who you are. And I love you more because of who I will make you become. I want to read for us tonight a powerful portion of Scripture in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Today in our world, there are three great monotheistic religions, religions that believe there's only one God. There is Judaism, there is Islam, and there's Christianity. Now here is the interesting thing. All three of those monotheistic religions trace their roots back to these three verses. There was a time when a man named Abram was sitting in Ur of the Chaldees, a place no one had heard of, and a man very few knew about. And one day when he was 75 years old, God tapped on his heart, and he said these verses to him. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, and from your relatives, and from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Heavenly Father, the next few moments belong to you. Do as you please in these precious lives that sit before me now. For the glory of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You don't know what's going to happen to you, but God does. You can't even really control everything that's going to happen to you. It's better for us to accept this reality right up front. 
You never knew that a virus could disrupt your life the way it did. You never knew that social unrest could be so emotional and so draining. Ukrainians never knew they were going to wake up one day to missiles falling on them. This is the world in which we live. And the Bible knew about this world because it's always been chaotic. As long as there is brokenness, there will be need. As long as there is need, there will be things beyond our control. And it is into this vacuum of a world that we cannot control, circumstances we cannot tailor make like we do a coffee in a coffee shop, that God said, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. You see, we live a life that's constantly changing. And the only unchangeable thing in our lives is Jesus Christ, who Hebrews 13.8 says is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to propose to you tonight, there is a chance for you to set your course on a trajectory that the unchangeable God the unshakable God, the God who will always win in the end, will guarantee the final results. The Apostle Paul once wrote these words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And yet he penned those words in a prison cell. We just sang about him being in a prison cell. He wrote those words in a prison cell from Rome awaiting an execution that eventually happened. According to historians, he was beheaded for his faith. And yet, knowing that the end was in sight, knowing he could not change the verdict, knowing that there was no rescue party coming for him, he could still say this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's something profound for us to discover tonight. There's a strength that you cannot imitate and we cannot replace. It comes straight from God. It's an ability to stand in a storm. It's an ability to raise our hands in a prison cell. It's an ability to walk on a campus that may be hostile to our faith. It's an ability to trust God when we are confused by everything around us. It's an ability that's within our reach tonight. But there's one thing we have to do. When God spoke to Abram, He spoke to a man who had a dream, but he did not have a vision. A dream is a desire without a plan to get it. A vision is a goal with a roadmap to achieve it. And God speaks to Abram, and he says, if you will trust me, I will make your name great. This God who spoke to Abram is the same God who's here tonight. You have sung to him. You have prayed to him. You've asked him to heal you back here. You've come up here and say you surrender all to him. You came to this retreat because you wanted to encounter Him. You are in a life group because you know you need Him. You open your Bible because you want to hear from Him. You pray because you want to know Him. And I'm here to tell you tonight, 
The God who tapped on Abram is tapping on your, your heart and mine right now. When God spoke to Abram, there were two things that he demanded of him. The first one was this, and it's something he demands of us tonight. We must prefer God's promises over our challenges. You know, it's interesting. I live in an honor-shame culture. We've lived in it for 34 years. And one thing I've learned about those cultures that I love is the importance of family. And I want you to look at these verses in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. What is the first thing that God says to Abram? He says, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your nation. I want you to leave your father's house. And what the Africans have taught me is God is basically saying, I want you to lose your identity. I want you to lose your safety. I want you to lose all that you know and feel good about. God speaks to Abram. And he tells him, there's a great plan for you. And I tell you tonight, there's a great plan for you. There is never a time in the Gospels where Jesus called some and told the others to go sit in the bleachers and be spectators. To be touched by Jesus is to be chosen by Jesus. He told his disciples, you did not choose me, I chose you. When you are chosen by God, God always has a plan. To be chosen by God means he has a plan for you. It is bigger than your degree. It is bigger than your background. It's bigger than your personality and your capabilities. God is wanting you to know that if you give him a yes tonight, he will give you all the promises of heaven. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God will heal. God will deliver. God will restore. God will meet your financial needs according to his riches and glory. You will strain. You will have times when you will wonder, but God will always pull through. He will overcome demons. I've seen this. He will overcome injustice. I've seen this. He will overcome family wounds that go back generations. I've seen this. But there is one thing tonight he will not do. He'll do all these other things for you and me, but there is one thing he will never do for us. He will never force us to say yes. We are the ones who have to say yes. When God showed up to Abram, he said, Abram, I have a plan. But my plan requires you to abandon who you think you are and where you think you belong and what you think you should do and to follow me. Leave your family. Leave your father's household. Leave your nation. There's an interesting thing, though. God says, if you leave... I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who 
who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Today, there are 30 ethnic groups that call Abraham their patriarch. 30 nations came out of one man. And here is the irony. The name Abram means exalted father. And yet when God gave him a promise at the age of 75, he was childless. God promised him nations and he couldn't produce one son or one daughter. That's the kind of God you serve. He doesn't tell you to believe in what you can see. He tells you to believe in him and he will make it become a reality. When we begin to say yes tonight, the domino effect of history begins to take place. And on some dusty village in Africa, some cobblestone street in Europe, some slopes in the Andes Mountains, or some inner city in America, some marketplace location where you're going to go, if you say yes tonight, it begins to trigger a reaction, like a domino effect. One day you get at the end of that whole chain of events and you realize this is the relentless God who chose me one night on a cool night in October in Gore, Virginia. You will have to leave some things. You may have to leave a degree. You may have to leave a dream you've had. You may have to walk out of a relationship. I want to be totally upfront with you. But what you get is God himself. The second thing that God asked of Abraham that night, the same thing he's saying to us tonight is, we must embrace personal change to become agents of change. There's an interesting thing that happens in a room like this. I was telling Anthony before the service tonight, I've probably spent at least 100 hours the last two weeks talking to Chi Alpha students. Some of them, when they talk to me, their eyes are bright. They're so fired up. They're ready to go overseas. They're ready to go to another campus. Tonight is not about a geographical location. Tonight is about alignment with the God of eternity. And they are so animated. They are so full of excitement. And then the next conversation I have is with someone who's contemplating suicide. I told him the range is so enormous, I have to constantly reshape my thinking when someone new sits in front of me. I want you to know, wherever your entry point is, God will meet you there. But he will not leave you there. That's not how he works. You see, we don't call him Abram. We call him Abraham. Because when God touched Abram, he turned him from an exalted father into Abraham, the father of a multitude. There are millions of people biologically and billions of people spiritually that point back to a day on the backside of the Iraqi desert in Ur of the Chaldees when a 75-year-old man had to say one word to God, the word yes. And when he said yes, the dominoes began to fall down. The God that you serve 
has chosen you, has promised you, has proven he can move heaven and earth for you. And all he's waiting for tonight is yes. Many years ago, I was touched by the life of a missionary. I wanted to be a journalist. I started on that career path. And God said, surprise. And he said, uh, you're going to go into ministry. No problem. I switched schools. I met Karen. I got all excited about me. And then I was sitting on an October, September, October night in a service kind of like this. And God said, you won't live in America. You'll live among the nations. Surprise. Some of us tonight are so concerned about what God might say that we're going to miss out on what God could say. We're so wound up saying, how does this fit with this, that, and the other? Don't you think that if God can fit all of this around you together, He can fit your life together? Don't you think that if He loved you enough to die for you on a cross, He loves you enough to give you what is best for you? God tonight is trying to shout down from heaven, you are loved and chosen. That He has a plan for you. And that plan is not only to stop with you, but He's going to not only make you be blessed, He's going to make you a blessing to others. I have a personal belief that when we get to heaven, there's going to be these warm-up activities as well. I would like it if God would say, I want you to meet the people who are part of the domino effect, Glim, because one day you said yes to me, and now this person is praising me. Think about that. You don't need a name tag. You'll just know that you were part of what happened in that life. It could be at a kids camp in the summer. It could be on another campus nearby. It could be in a work office that needs the gospel brought into the marketplace. But it all starts with a yes. And it all starts tonight. And it all starts right here. My favorite missionary in history is a man named C.T. Studd. C.T. Studd was a world-class athlete in a sport that you'd probably find utterly boring, cricket. If you've ever watched it, it's like baseball in slow motion. Cricket used to be the football, the soccer of world sports. And C.T. Studd was the greatest cricketer in the world. What a badge, cricketer. And one day God tapped on his heart and said, abandon it. Go to the slums of China. This athlete, a graduate of Cambridge University, a son of a wealthy father who, when he got his own inheritance, gave every penny away the moment he got it for the work of Christ. He said, if Christ be God and died for me, there's no sacrifice so great that I can't make for him. He moved to China. 
He endured a lot of health issues. He had to go back to England to escape death. He then went to India. He and his wife, they worked uh, closely together all these years. She was a preacher just like him. They were doing great exploits, but sometimes they had to bury a child somewhere on the globe. There was sacrifice in the yes. He lived by faith. And when they were in China one time, they had absolutely no money to go buy any food for the family. And there was a mailbag that would come every other week. And he was waiting for the mailbag. And when it came, he looked inside, knowing there would be money, and he found none. And he said, this is not the God I served. I serve a God who promised to meet my needs. There must be something. And he shook the bag and out came the money he needed for the next two weeks. I am telling you, if you make a yes tonight, God will underwrite your life. God will vouch for you. God will be with you. God will provide for you. Every question you have, he has a solution. But he'll never step in your shoes and say the yes for you. C.T. Studd eventually moved to Africa. Some people didn't agree with how radical he was. They thought he should have stayed in England and sent a bunch of younger people. And in response to this, he wrote a poem that's one of my favorite ever written. I'm going to read some of it for you right now. Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord, to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears, each with its clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life, t'will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life, t'will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep. In joy or sorrow, thy word to keep. Faithful and true, whate'er the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life, t'will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn. And from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life. Yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. 
when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say, "Twas worth it all." Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. You may feel you have years, but it feels like yesterday I was a Kaiapha intern. Now I have 35 years of glorious experiences behind me. You may feel the degree is the high achievement of your life, but one day you will bury it in your office. You may feel like having the most likes or going viral somewhere is an ultimate thing to reach for, only to find out later. Everyone else will forget about it and move on. But when you say yes tonight, the God who keeps the records, the God who counts your hairs, the God who knows your heart, takes notice. When God takes notice, demons take notice. When God takes notice, nations take notice. There'll be time for you to talk to missionaries. Anthony's done a beautiful job of inviting some incredible workers here. It's not about the cause of the nations; it's about the worthiness of Jesus tonight. That's why we say yes. And so I'm going to do this, and we're going to go to prayer. I'm going to ask you to look into your heart for a moment. I want to make this as specific as I can. I'm going to ask that those who will make a radical yes to Jesus tonight, I'm going to ask you to respond in a moment. But I want you to understand what your yes is to. You are saying yes, God, no matter what it means in terms of my future. I say yes. If it means I lose a career, I say yes. I want to be very explicit here. It costs me journalism, and yet now I get to write about the miracles God is doing across the globe. If you will say yes to God unconditionally tonight, I tell you, history begins to change this very night. So if you're here and you're ready and you're not watching to see who else stands up in the room, this is between God and you because, as C.T. Studd said, one day you stand before Him alone. I want you to stand up where you are as a declaration of yes to the God who has saved you. what we're going to do. I want to thank each of you who are standing and those who are sitting because you're not there yet. Thank you for your integrity. I look over a crowd like this, and of course, 
I'd love for all of you to come to Africa, but that's not what's going to happen. I don't think. What I do think is this. I believe that some Fortune 500 company is going to be changed because of a yes tonight. I believe that a school system in an inner city is going to be changed because of a yes tonight. I do believe Africa is going to be changed. I do believe India is going to be changed. I do believe Europe is going to be changed and Asia and South America and the Pacific Islands is going to be changed. I do think that a campus is going to be changed. That's not because I believe in you or I believe in me, but we believe in Him. Amen? This isn't emotion we're responding to. Because the emotion will die when you go and play dodgeball in a few minutes. And next week when God comes back and says, um, about that, yes, this is what it's going to cost you. And you're going to want to negotiate. And you're going to find out he doesn't negotiate. He is a king. He has paid the ultimate sacrifice. He has promised you and me everything for godliness in this world. And he will remember the yes you're saying tonight. I'm saying yes with you. I have to say it all the time. So why don't you come up here and join me at the altar. And let's just pray together. Thank you, God, that tonight the dominoes start falling. They fall on Marshall Campus, Radford, Virginia Tech, any other school represented here tonight. They fall on families that really need you to intervene. They fall on friendships that seemingly have been destroyed. They fall on marriages. They fall on children who need to hear you once again say they don't own their lives, you own their lives, and you have a great plan for them. God, I thank you for every person here tonight. And I thank you for us who are in this moment realizing this is our yes to you. We're like Abram, pleading with you, change us into Abraham. Do something with us. Take us out of the obscurity of human history and use us in your rescue plan. And God, tomorrow when the questions come, or next week when the friends or the parents come and challenge the yes that we're saying tonight, remind us only one life. It'll all be over soon. Only what's done for Christ will last. Holy Spirit, you can take this moment and you can change us forever. Put the imprint of Jesus on our lives. 
I pray over that one right now who is saying, I'm saying yes, but my life is full of sin. Deliver him in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. That one filled with anxiety, set them free by the power of your great peace, Lord Jesus. That one who's walking out of an abusive relationship, where the voice that makes her form the perception of herself is one of abuse. I pray in the name of Jesus, she realizes tonight, if any man or woman is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God, we don't come with excuses. And we don't come with a lot of ability. We just come with a yes tonight. Release your people to flow in the bounty of your grace and your mercy. I want you to begin to pray right now. But I want you to pray for the person beside you. I want you to just reach over and touch them. Pray for each other. Because your yes is going to lead you to impact lives. So let it start right now. Pray that the Spirit flows through your neighbor like never before. Pray that every bondage in their life is shattered by the power of Jesus Christ. Pray that every excuse evaporates as they bow before the God of the universe. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignite Sessions podcast. To learn more about Virginia Tech Chi Alpha, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it using the hashtag TheIgniteSessions. We'll see you next time.